it's a little stock. Base all, take one. It's a big old fat motherfucker called. Blazing buzzer buttons. Big rigor inspection, spatial. Under my feet. Huh? Look, with the biggest heavy band of all time. I wouldn't ask you to do a drum roll if your arm fell off. There was an incident with uh, the pyrotechnics. Hey, Kirk! Squillions of dollars and squillions of people. How the fuck are you, Lars? Piddly wants and wills and needs. Lars Ulrich, drums and bongs. What the fuck does that mean anyway? I hate that fucking camera, man. Well, since we started. I'm talking about like a fucking live gig. You see this for, right? What really gets my dick hard? Mommy? Hey, this is Joe Sib, and you're listening to and podcast for all with my two metal bros, Shane and Jeff. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast for all. I'm Shane Obershaw. And I'm Jeff Winslow. A little different intro. Season eight. It was it was it was time to mix things up, dude. Yeah, we've heard fuel for about what ninety-eight episodes now, so I think it's time to kick it off with a the different, more kind of stock sound. <laughs> I think it's a little stock. Episode ninety-nine. Welcome mm-hmm. to spring, season eight, episode one. I'm kind of glad the winter's behind us. We're we, we're seeing some relief for you, you northern folk. Yeah, for us, it's not changing much for you. I mean, it might get a little bit more humid, but let's it's face it. It's getting hot as hell, dude. Hot, hot. Hotter, hotter than, hell. than hell. See, I'll even join in on that karaoke. Hotter than hell or God of Thunder? Pick one. Oh, man. Fuck. I want to say God of Thunder because it's just... It's a great song, but man, Hotter Than Hell is... I feel like I that's know. just a much more like rock and roll type of song. God of Thunder, I picture Gene flying up to the rafters, and Hotter Than Hell, I just picture over-the-top pyro through the entire song. Speaking of can, humidity. Can I just say all of the above? I think that would be C in a multiple-choice test. Yeah, I've took... I've taken a few of those before in my life, uh, but not recently. And failed miserably. Hey... Everyone grades on some kind of curve. Here we are, back to the curve, season eight, episode one, season ninety-nine. That's like Wayne Gretzky type shit. But can is. we just tell can we just call ourselves the great one? This episode should be called the great one. It's the greatest one ever. Welcome to the top five banter moments of Metallica's forty years, as well as this was your idea, it's a long way to the top. Tell the people about that. So basically, Long Way to the Top is a little segment where, you know, Metallica has always been great at bringing out, you know, the fresh new talent of bands, sometimes legendary, you know, acts. And this is our list of what we think are some kind of missed bands that like haven't it. gotten the opportunity to open up for the Mighty Metallica. And I mean, let's face it, there's a lot of really great bands there that we have not seen share the stage with the boys yet. So, you know, what better than to scrap everything they've done already and let's think of some some new shit, some some fresh blood. I couldn't agree more, man. It was 
at times hard to come up with a list because let's face it in 40 years you've had a lot of fucking bands open for you they've had a lot of bands and i know a lot of uh you know your favorites they've you know either opened or toured mm-hmm. with you know i mean obviously guns that was you know back and forth type of deal so i mean mm-hmm. i guess we could call it an opener if you want but more of a you know like 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 j-rock said you know me and t we co-daddies <laughs> <laughs> I ain't I saying that motherfucker's that. mine. I ain't saying it ain't. <laughs> but we motherfucking co-daddies. like to introduce my family, dog. Now, I ain't saying they both mine. I ain't saying they ain't. Who knows about my ancestry, you know what I mean? But me and T decided we too close to go through all that DNA bull-ish, so we just gonna be co-daddies, these two little pimps right here. <laughs> co-daddies. <laughs> oh, God. Speaking of episode 99, we have some, not some hate train mail, but some clover mail from our minister friends in Ohio, Mr. Rick and Sam Kelly. Yeah, speaking of them, they sent me a CD a couple months back. Uh, what was it? The Many Faces of Metallica, I believe it was called. And yes. featured a bunch of different renditions and covers. Thank you very, badass. very much. I was surprised. It was, I feel like that is more of what we were hoping the Blacklist you know, box set was going to be more like. Uh, it was solid. Thanks again to Rick and Sam. Uh, everything from Blitzkrieg, Motorhead, Venom, Saxon, Tigers of Pangtang. I mean, solid. Very solid. Anyway. Golf clap. Golf clap. I'm at home tonight, so I can actually clap. Last week in that Pittsburgh hotel room, talking to Kid Rock's bus driver, Mr. Jeremy. That was fun as hell. Some great feedback. Jeremy, if you're listening, stay safe on the road. Thanks again for all the laughter this, this past week. It was a great episode. I really enjoyed myself. You know, we've really had... A lot of great guests lately. You know, we had we had Jeremy. You know, he's had some legendary stories. You know, we had we had Lon, and there was some great stuff there. So, man, I'm excited for tonight. Even though it's just the two of us, I feel like it's a good way to kind of break the ice and jump into season eight. It's gonna be awesome, man. Uh, Rick says, "Hey guys, just beginning the new episode. I don't know which one he's talking about. Just <laughs> want to jump in early and say a word of congratulations on your upcoming 100th episode." That's next week. Jeff and I won't spoil the fun, but we're expecting a special guest dropping on in for the one hundo. You've made my Wednesdays a bunch of fun and have extended the Metal family far and wide. Love you guys, Rick and Sam Kelly. Thank you very much. Those are kind words, and it's always nice getting a little bit of clover mail as well as hate mail, and any kind of feedback is always appreciated. The last couple of weeks between Lon, uh, Mr. Kohler from the UFC, and we didn't get it to with Jeremy. We're we're just we're just catching up on a little uh, inbox cleaning. Is that what you call it? We're sweeping it out a little bit. Grab the. Are broom. you one of those guys, Jeff, that goes through the emails? So on your iPhone, it only says you have nine new messages, or or does yours say like forty two thousand? Oh no, mine. On the mail icon. First of all, I have all of my notifications turned off, so any app there will never be a number there. I don't even it doesn't even pop up on my screen because notifications drive me crazy um yeah no my email would never look like it was at 45,000 or something 43,000 like what 43,362 what what are you doing okay so in my inbox I I go through it daily and make sure that it's at a you know max like if it gets to a hundred unread emails it's driving me nuts but I don't even have the icon like I said I have all the notifications and all that so you're saying I can turn this red number off on my mail icon you sure can. 
Should wow. I can't go near settings. Like you can't notifications. Off at forty-three thousand. You're also using you're using the actual mail icon. If you look at mine, I have the Yahoo oh. Mail app, so it's not the actual. Well, I'm not a Yahoo. I'm a I'm a ghetto mailer. I, hey, I think I think Yahoo might be the more ghetto kind of Walmart. I still have an AOL know. account. Write that down. I think my iTunes account is a Hotmail account. <laughs> but yes, forty three thousand on Red, and I just I just haven't gotten to them. I've been kind of busy. I hope that's not the in podcast for all. It is not. You're gonna love this one. You ready for this? Yeah. Email number two. Hey guys, I'm Kevin from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Feel free to share this on the podcast. Well, Kevin, thanks for the uh, the material. Found you guys about six months ago and caught up with all the episodes while driving semi-truck. Love all the segments in every episode with the Bob signal is hilarious. Ah, Bob! Been a Metallica fan since I was 18. I'm 23 now. After dying laughing through the first all-nightmare set list with Bob, I felt I had to write in with my own. Oh. I think this is directed at you, Jeff. By the way, we, we support the truckers and we... Absolutely support the truckers from Canada. Love it, Kevin. Yes, 100%. My all-nightmare set list. You walk into the arena and sit down, and you are getting strapped into your seat like a roller coaster. No production, no pyro, no video screens, all songs at album speed. You ready for the set list? Strapped in, so like you have you to sit there. You can't leave. You are stuck. Yeah, you, you're stuck for two hours. I mean, he's not kidding when he says nightmare. That's a nightmare right there. What if you have to pee? Maybe you get a diaper like from, you know, like the astronauts were in the space shuttle. A space diaper. I like your style, dude. 18 songs. Kevin, our trucker from Manitoba. Sandman, sad, nothing else. Rome, sad, nothing else. Rome, Sandman, nothing else. Rome, Sandman, sad, Rome, Sandman, sad, nothing. Bread fan and ending with the ecstasy of gold. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. Oh, man. I am going to be up for days because of how happy I am. He hit it right on the head. I mean, the only thing that could have made it a little bit worse is if Sandman would have been played maybe another 14 times. I feel like Kevin was just taking a, a just a huge rip at me because bread fans last and ecstasy of gold. Ecstasy of Gold, I said I didn't like, but he had that last. He knows I don't like playing Bread Fan last. I don't think Kevin likes the the Florida folk. Well, He's more I, of your type, Jeff. Maybe, but I don't think it has anything to do <laughs> with Florida as maybe Sandman is just overrated, my friend. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, come, come on. on. <laughs> come on. You know what? He deserves a golf clap from me. I'll give him if one, you want- too. We support the truckers. Yeah. Dude, that's two golf claps we've given out now in this episode. That's 10 minutes. We're off to a a great start. Season eight is looking up. Episode 99. It's all because of that new intro we kicked off. You and I are just in a spectacular mood. Yeah, it's tremendous. I absolutely love it. Tremendous news. We're here to fucking rock. Just like Jeremy (laughs) impersonates Lars. I just want to bring back arena rock. His his impersonation was pretty freaking good. Oh, we've had some great ones, especially Long Friend. Oh, yeah, that one was nice. Chris Jericho. <laughs> yes, his was good, too. Do you think we could... We have a contest? Oh, I was just about to say, do you think maybe we could get people to like record a video of them doing it, send it in to podcastforall at gmail.com, and you know, maybe we'll pick like the top two or three winners, post I them on our page, and you know, maybe, maybe they get a golf clap on air. 
you know that's a golf clap maybe an maybe an apfa guitar pick jeff still doesn't have one of those by the way people you know what one of these days we're gonna have apfa guitar play guitar picks (laughs) guitar picks that say golf clap on it that's a good call (laughs) i think it is we should get shirts that say golf clap on it and only apfa people will understand your best lars impersonation we'll just call the contest wanna i like it Perfect. The wanna the wanna games. <laughs> <laughs> oh wanna man, games. that's it. Look at this. We are turning it into a full fledged sport. It's season eight. It's it's a new night. We're almost on a hundred. I've said that mm-hmm. three times in ten minutes. People have already hung up on us, but it's no, it's they the haven't wanna hung up. You're rem- the future. You're reminding them. It's okay. I'm reminding them. Exactly. I like knowing that people are going down the road in their Prevo, like Jeremy listening to us. And Kevin in his 18-wheeler in Manitoba listening to us as the odometer just keeps on climbing. I give him props because listening to us babble, that must get distracting at times. And they got to pay attention to the road. So, Yeah, think about an 18-wheeler and a Prevo. There's no there's no autopilot cruise control on those machines like the mighty, mighty P90D. While we're talking about that, I feel like we need to jump into a little free speech here. Uh-oh. Your free speech? I mean, I, I think that this might be the dumbest thing I've seen on the internet. I'm pretty sure you've seen it too, and it involves a Tesla. Oh, yeah. I... <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. So you brought up the P90, so now we that must address. was not a P90D, but he got some serious airtime. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, we need to address the viral video that's been going in both angles too. Because, I mean, that second video that came out, you can yes. really see the trajectory of the car. I mean, it was absolutely asinine. It was crazy. I have learned that that was a rental, by the way, pulling that TikTok stunt off. That's what I heard, too. And that person going to be... In... Uh, I think it was an 85D. They're going to be in a little Whoops. bit of trouble. Bit yeah, of trouble. I think the sheriff's already figured out who it was. Word to the wise when you're pulling a stunt. Don't have your buddies post it because they're going to find you pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, this this is 2022. It's not hard to look at a video, figure out where you are, and there's cameras freaking everywhere. But, you know, you've got some hey. serious air. And I'll tell you right now, that car is heavy as fuck. But yeah. the only reason why it didn't flip is because it didn't have an engine up front. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, there would have been an engine. That thing would have fucking weight just and balance. nosedived. Yeah, yep. weight and balance. Center that was of the only thing like an that, airplane. And then they crashed into a couple cars, too. Yeah, when he lands, he goes to the right side of the street, and he, like, rear-ended that car, and then he it's hard to tell, but I saw a couple angles later when he came to arrest, and he was in the left side of the street after he rear-ended another parked car, and it was totaled. Yeah, yeah, he, like, goes to the right and then comes back to the <laughs> left and crashes into a car. Gee, Dad, you must have jumped like, the thing dude, about 50 really yards. Cool. <laughs> Gee, Dad, you must have jumped this thing about 50 yards. That's nothing to be proud of, Rusty. Finish oh, the man. line. That's a great scene. I I think I stabbed my brain. <laughs> That's when he's standing when, on top of the roof and he goes, 50 yards. <laughs> 50 like he was yards. picturing like a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Clover Mail, free speech for the dumb. I don't know if I have any free speech for the dumb. I'm trying to think about my week in review here. I do have to ask you a question that I think you have seen, but you and I haven't even chatted this week. So this is very legit. No, we have on the spot stump your APFA co-host of the week. It's not going to stump you. It's going to piss you off. And for any of you that are well, part of the, the vinyl club, this is a spoiler alert. So turn your volume down for the next two minutes. Oh. Jeff 
your thoughts on the yeah. new vinyl club release <laughs> of Blackened 2020. <laughs> and go. Uh, I'm pretty sure if yeah, if I if I could let's see, how do I put into words the pukey emoji face? <laughs> Other than how I just said it, that's how I feel about it. It's, is it the face where your is it the emoji where your entire face is green holding the puke in or is the puke coming out of the yellow face? You know what I'm talking about. No, I'm holding my cheeks are all bubbled up and I'm holding the puke okay. in because I haven't listened to it yet. And then once it actually gets on the record player and starts playing, <laughs> that's when it that's when I fucking exorcist projectile spin my head around. I mean, okay. come on. Seriously, what are they thinking? You can't honestly say that this is a good idea. And what what what's the other song that's on there? Their Alice in Chains fucking cover. I think you're referring to the B side as in wood. Yeah, it would, as in boring. You're not a happy camper. I will say. I was just going to say, I love when they do covers. I just don't think it should be acoustic. I and will Black say. should not be acoustic. You know, Black in 2020 was recorded remotely, like on their Zoom call and shit with Fiddleman engineering, like the Zoom call. I do like the yes. artwork with the iPad and the four squares where you'd pop up on the call. I do think that's cool. <laughs> I think it's ingenious and it works, and I'll give that. That's the only bit of credit I'll give to it. Okay. When I saw the initial image, I'm like, oh, that's fucking cool. And then I'm like, oh, God, wait till Jeff sees that they actually picked Black in 2020 for the mm. vinyl release. <laughs> I just. Uh, I thought that was your free speech. And, you know. But your Tesla took the prize. I mean, I mean, that was pretty dumb. You thought Black in 2020 was good? I've always thought it's good. We've been through this many times before with other people's uh, Dream No More set list, remember? I don't recall you actually saying, hey, I think it's good. I'll listen to it on a day-to-day basis. I don't think it's great. I think it's good. And for the shitty year of 2020, it gave us something to listen to. You know what? I'll give it props for the fact that they recorded it remotely and they weren't actually together. That, I'll give it all the credit in the world. That would be tough. Because that's not, yes. you know, that's kind of... That's a pain in the ass. So I give them props and I give them props. Right. And I give them props for taking a song that should not be acoustic because, hey, there's it's okay to give different renditions. I just personally don't think it was the best effort. I would have loved to hear, you know, I don't know. I think I would have rather heard Injustice for All acoustic or something. I don't know. Will you agree with me? They should have done Eye of the Beholder for Lars. That would have been amazing. Will you agree with me that Black in 2020 was better than the version that James did at home of Turn the Page? The Turn the Page wasn't bad because I like the the simplicity of a just guitar and but okay. it wasn't it wasn't his best effort. I don't know. I felt like he was tired. In that video. It was a little sloppy. Maybe should have had another cup of coffee. Coffee. Yeah, I probably would. I'd probably go with Black and he should have had some black coffee. Definitely. All right, new season, new intro, we're 20 minutes in, our free speech for the dumb news segment of the week is done, our clover mail has been covered, our inbox is emptied, are you ready to get to the bread and butter, and this was your idea about it's a long way to the top. Yeah, man, I'm I'm ready, I'm really curious to see what direction we take in, well, both lists, both the, the banter and the the opening bands but it should uh open up some discussion between us and anybody listening as well let's do the opening bands first long way to the top you know i've never heard that song before but i've i heard it's a decent song 
<laughs> Never heard it before. We've only walked on stage 618 times to it. All right, Mr. Winslow, episode 99. You're the great one. This is your idea. It's a long way to the top. Your top five openers that you'd love to see open for Metallica that in reality never have. Spotlight on me. All right, so my top five, it's, you know, for the most part, newer bands because I wanted to stick with the tradition of Metallica, you know, okay. bringing out newer bands. So the first band that I think needs to go out with Metallica, they're, you know, overtaking the the modern mainstream you know, rock world is skillet. I think that wow, they are a band. They play, they play arenas. They put on a great show. And you know, a lot of people don't know that they're actually one of my favorite bands. Um, I didn't the, even know that. the diversity and yeah, exactly. You know, the diversity, you know, between a, a male singer and a female singer, but what's great is they put on a great show. Uh, you know, the singer is also the bass player. Sometimes he has this tech play bass because he comes out with like these like CO2 cannons and he like shoots them into the that. crowd while he's singing. You killer. Know? And then the the drummer, she'll come out and sing with the singer on some of the songs. And it's just the two of them up front, you know, in the crowd and they'll have their drum tech play. So they really, you know, make it kind of an interactive type of show. They've got, you know, crazy lights and, you know, just this awesome rock show. So I think I feel like in the spotlight of having to go on before the greatest metal band ever, I feel like that would be a good, that'd be a good band to do it. Um, moving on to number two, a band that's a little bit newer than them, but they've had arena experience. They've toured with, with Shinedown in arenas. They've, they've been around the block. They've, they've had their ups and downs, like our true rock and roll band with, with drugs and alcohol and all that stuff. And that's asking Alexandria. I think that, they're, oh, that's a great you know, pick. Making huge waves. Yeah, you know, making huge waves pick. in the modern music. And, you know, being an up-and-comer, it would only seem fitting for Metallica to bring a band like them, especially now that they've been around the block a little bit and they've got that arena experience. They know what the music business is all about. I feel like they would be a really great band to, to put on a show. I'm surprised um, we haven't seen them yet. That's they kind of slipped my mind. You think they'd be one of those bands that would actually be out there already with them? I honestly, yeah. I mean, look at all the up and comers they brought, you know, they brought out Volbeat, they brought out, you know, Gojira, Lamb of God, you know, and at the time when they brought them out, obviously they were bands that had now been around the block a little bit, like asking Alexander. So I feel like now is that time where, right. This is it, you know, give them their shot. Right. Uh, moving on to number three, Another newer band, kind of in the similar genre of Asking Alexandra, and that's a day to remember because they're they're up there too. And the reason why nice. I picked them is because of their stage show. They they bring a party to their show. Um, you know, they're they're very interactive with their crowd. They've the singers gotten into those giant like bubbles and ran out onto the you know, ran out you know on top of the crowd in the bubble like American Gladiator inflatables. Yeah, yeah, and he'll like sing and run out on top of the crowd. They they bring a great stage setup on one of their tours. They it was called the House Party Tour and their stage prop was like a full-size house on the stage that the band wow. members could like walk inside and like Oh, you mean like Dr. Dre and Snoop at the Super Bowl? <laughs> yes. Yeah, but a little <laughs> bit uh a little bit less um, you know, gotcha. Barbie Dream House. <laughs> gotcha. But, you know, Again, they they have that they have that great kind of you know fun vibe. 
they've they've been around the block. They've done arena tours. They toured with Lincoln Park. They toured with Blink One Eighty Two. You know, so they definitely have the experience in the industry as well. And I think that plays a big part. Obviously, I wasn't at the show, but not that a band like Ice Nine Kills isn't a you know a good band, but I feel like they they were still a little bit too green to go up there on that type of stage in that setting. You know what I mean? Where I agree. Some of these other bands they they have that arena experience and they kind of they know what to expect going into that type of show and they know what kind of show they need to put on to that many people. Number four, this one, this is where it gets a little bit, this is where it gets a little bit goofy here, but I, I thought about this long and hard and I really truly think that this band would be a great opener uh, and that's Tenacious D. And the wow. reason why I think they'd be such a great opener is because look at what they did with bringing out like the comedians and bringing the comedy aspect. Well, right, obviously right. Tenacious D is a comedy rock band, but nonetheless, musically, tremendous musicians i mean they're actually they're very good they put on a great show they have stage props they've got all this shit i mean they got it and let's face it we only got to see we got to see jack black and james Hetfield on stage for a second i mean imagine if they were on tour together i have a feeling that jack black would make an appearance on stage every once in a while with metallica or vice versa just because it's jack black you know what i mean that part yeah, when he's singing the the one breakdown. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so I just wow, I feel like a, this is an interesting list. A lot of a lot of newer names. A lot of newer names. I mean, Tenacious D's obviously been around the block a little bit, but um, yeah, I just I think it would be a cool vibe to mix the two together. Now this next one, uh, my last one. This is it's kind of a two parter because it's not exactly an opener as it is more of a co headlining type of situation and. It's Iron Maiden. I think oh, that God. that next to Meta- next to Metallica, Talk about Iron heaven. Maiden is the biggest. Yeah, they're the biggest metal band on the planet, next to Metallica, of course. And last time we saw the quote unquote, if you want to call it, Clash of the Titans, the two biggest bands in the world, Metallica, Guns N' Roses. Well, right. if you recall, Metallica and Guns N' Roses did have an opener for that. They had Faith No More. My idea for the Iron Maiden Metallica, because obviously they'd switch back and forth just like Guns did, and that's to have Alter Bridge open up the show what? and then have them switch. Let's Alter, look at it this way. Maiden, and then Mark- Metallica? Yep, or Alter, Metallica, Maiden, you know, depending on what night it is, they switch back sure, and forth. Sure. But Mark, Mark Tremonti is a legend in the music industry. I think that Alter Bridge... I always felt like they deserved a lot more credit. Like, I feel like they should be where Avenged Sevenfold is. I mean, if you look at them talent-wise and musically, like, they are so fucking good. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, and I I just think that would be a great band to really kind of kick, you know, kick everything off. And then, boom, you got two legendary bands going back and forth. You want Mark, not Scott Stapp, correct? You mean Miles? Oh, well, Mark is, yeah, Mark Tremonti. That's, yeah, but Miles Kennedy's the singer for Alter Bridge. I know, but Tremonti used to be a Stap. Yeah, in Creed. One, oh <laughs> one, the only way is one. <laughs> but I do have Should one have honorable been there mention. A Sunday morning, banging <laughs> my head. Got no yeah. time for morning. <laughs> Ain't got no time. 
Man, you know a lot more Creed than I thought you would. Look at you. You just—you have no idea how much Creed I know. I went through a huge Creed thing right when they were getting big. I have nothing against Creed. You know, as they got more haters, that was just fuel to make me like them even more. Uh, before we jump into your list, I do have one honorable mention that I wanted okay. to throw out there as an opener, and that's Fozzie. And the reason why I pick Fozzie, especially now that they're you know they're really getting the recognition they finally deserve, you know, as a rock band. A couple of years ago, they opened up for Maiden on a short run. Yes, um, incredible. And I mean, Jericho's Jericho's obviously friends with Metallica. He's got quite the history with them. So to me, it would seem fitting to have. Fozzie do whether it was whether it was a, a full tour maybe I don't know about that but maybe a small run or you know a couple couple shows here and there some one-offs kind of like the the Greta and Ice Nine deal interesting you say that the Foz body slamming the opening slot for Metallica I would I would totally dig that and then we'd be like Jericho you opened up for show. Metallica so you and Lars just have to come on and podcast for all and recap the tour for us it's mandatory exactly and you know <laughs> CJ, I know you're, I know you're listening. I know you're CJ. listening. So we're putting in a good word for you, you know, out in the APFA podcast world. Let's get Fozzy to open for Metallica. Let's start a petition. We could get quite a few people to sign that. I'm pretty sure he's got, you know, a couple million followers too that would probably sign that as well. <laughs> I think that works as well. We could forward that to Lars, tag Jeff Winslow on Podcast for All. Boom. Have Jeremy Owsley be the tour bus driver. We're in like Flynn. One Fozzy Metallica. We're in. <laughs> One, the only tribute to Metallica, Fozzy, Metallica, for about a seven-month run. <laughs> seven-month? We'll, we'll take a hundredth of what everyone else is getting paid. We'll play yep. nothing but Load-era songs. We'll play a 45-minute Load set, and we'll be good to go. One, the only tribute in a Cessna, Metallica, and the Gulfstream. Chris, looks like you're in the Prevo on the interstate. We'll see you there. I think he's probably got himself a private... Uh, a private ordeal too okay we'll be in third place with the cessna putting along <laughs> hey i'll take the cessna she done us well so far she done us well dude that's a hell of a list for long way to the top skillet asking alexandria data remember tenacious d iron maiden with alter bridge and then the honorable cj rocking the foz yes good old Solid cj dude. Winslow's 2022. It's a long way to the top. Top five bands that have never opened for Metallica. Hey, I can't wait to see what you've come up with here. It's interesting how you said the Data Remember guys put on one hell of a party with their production, and it's just a, it's just a, it's just a hell of a good time, like a rock and roll night party every day kind of vibe. It is. They throw toilet paper out and like TP the the place they play. They have the confetti that falls. They have all you know sparks. All this crazy shit. It's crazy. <laughs> you you know I love big production. I need to make, probably go see them soon. I think you would have a lot of fun at one of their shows because yeah, their production they they do it well and it's literally I love it's just big a party stages. For I love big minutes. drum risers. I love ramps. I love risers. I love pyro. I love Cairo. I love confetti. I love fake cabinets and I love 80,000 can lights like it's a poison fucking unskinny bop video. Fucking right. There yeah, we go. Yeah, because it's about a rock show. Like like Sully said, a rock show, not just a bunch of guys standing around jumping exactly. in the flannels. Exactly. <laughs> so as I made my list over the past couple of days, I thought about all the bands I've seen over my life open for Metallica. I've also... Mm, that's a lot. Whittled, it's a it's actually an it's an amazing list. 
I whittled down the bands that I've seen in the past that were entertaining and I thought were the best mm-hmm. openers to get the crowd that involved before Metallica came on. I'm talking about almost like a party energy atmosphere mm-hmm. and somewhat not taking yourself serious that it was actually entertaining and you had 18, 19,000 people in an arena actually enjoying the opener rather than watching some hardcore metal band try to prove themselves and try to one-up Metallica, which, let's be honest, ain't going to work. Yeah, it doesn't matter how technical or good you are when Metallica's headlining, which, let's face it, they always are. No one's outdoing what they do. You're at their show. You're in their house. So sit down, do your thing, get the people going, and let the boys, you know, be the boys. I couldn't agree more. And when I and uh, some of these bands I wrote down that I've seen, just just think about this for openers that I've seen in the history: C.O.C., Seven Dust, System of a Down, Deftones, Corn, Cantrell, Days of the New, Creed, The Sword, Down, Lamb of God, Machine Head, Mastodon, Gorgira, Lincoln Park, Mudvayne, Cage the Elephant, Greta Van Fleet, Avenged Sevenfold, Volbeat, and Trivium. How's that for a list? I mean. Pretty much every single band and artist you name there is just top notch. I mean, top notch and and made it and very successful and a, mm-hmm. a platinum artist very in my successful. mind. I have three that are separate from that list that were entertaining and very memorable that I think made the show even more special. And what three would that be? Limbiscuit, Godsmack, and Kid Rock. Yes. I love it. Obviously, Godsmack. 100% I mean, they basically truth, put on, I mean, Godsmack basically put on like the same show Metallica did as far as their pyro goes and their stage setup. So, yeah, I would agree. Godsmack definitely at the top is one of the best openers they've had. Madly in anger, it was Godsmack for most of that run with the dual drum kits, with the access they had to that, that stage in the round. Godsmack held a crowd captive for 60 minutes and it was enjoyable. Sully makes it fun. They, at the time, had a lot of singles on the radio. Everyone was into them. It was very entertaining, and I saw a lot of shows that tour, and every show with them opening up was a new set list from them. It was very impressive. It's actually a band I wouldn't mind seeing hit the road with them again, or at least a couple shows. We talked last week with Jeremy about Kid Rock. I still think Kid Rock, of all the openers I've witnessed, wasn't my favorite but he was the best and the most entertaining for 60 minutes. And at the end of his set, when you have 17, 18,000 people in arena on their feet with their hands in the air, singing along, jumping along, that means something big. I agree. Now I'm going to get some hate mail for this. So send your hate trade mail to a podcast for all at gmail.com. Limp Biscuit, sanitarium tour. I'm telling you right now, entertaining. Fred brought it. He know how to keep an audience captive. It worked. I gave him a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. Not the biggest I mean, biscuit Fred's fan. entertaining to say the least. But when you're on the summer sanitarium tour and you climb out of a giant toilet, how can you not be entertained by that? <laughs> <laughs> right. And it, it gets everybody's eyes focused on, on one person. And that's the thing is Absolutely. love him or hate him. When Fred Durst is around, you're focused on what he's doing. Now, do I like seven dust, corn, lamb of God? Gorgira and Trivium better than those bands? Yes, but didn't even come close to being a solid support, entertaining opening act. That's all I'm gonna say. They sounded good, played a good show, but it's not the it's not the same as putting on a full production rock show. No. And that's why I got a kick out of Brewer and Joe Sib. 
as weird as it was, it was something totally new. But that that 60 to yeah. 90 minutes where Brewer was on the stage and everyone was like, what the fuck, a comedian? That time flew by because guess what? You were laughing and it kind of kept you on your toes and it kept you kind of focused. And before you knew it, here's Metallica. They that's did actually, their job. That's a good point. Very that's entertaining. A good point. I never really looked at it. Yeah, I didn't look the at time it from flew that by. aspect. But that's. But yeah, I remember when he was on stage, it was like before we knew it, I was like, damn, shit's already over. Like we're drinking beer, sitting in the suite, waiting for exactly. waiting for the show to start. And next thing you know, it, it was, yeah, no, I, I've legit never thought about it that way. And that's a good way of putting it. With that said, Mr. Winslow, are you ready for my top five? It's a long way to the top list. That's your drum roll. Number one, Queen. Whoa. Adam Lambert. Damn, you just went, you just, you just brought it like, you just went big with it. Right off the bat. I love it. I love it. Start off with, I mean, does it get any bigger than that? I don't think so. Holy shit. That, but I it would that work. Would be it would be entertaining. Show. And I picture 18,000 mm-hmm. people on their feet in about the first five minutes going, wow, two totally different bands, but what what a night to buy a ticket to. Exactly. And like you said, it gets them on their feet, and you know for a fact pretty much every single freaking song that they play, the whole entire arena would sing every word of it, so they would be completely into it. That place would be full and people on their feet by five to ten minutes in their set, and people would be roaring to go by the time Metallica came on going, wow, that was a short set by Queen, but I'll never forget it. Yeah, you have We Will Rock You live before Metallica yeah. comes on. Think of I mean, that, shit, closing think they play it down, that at- and, then, and then the house lights come on. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> before Just uh, thinking about ACDC. that, I, I literally just got goosebumps. I yeah. just got goosebumps thinking about that, because that, that would be like crazy <laughs> picture the boys in the tuning room and doom, doom, cha, doom, doom, cha, doom, doom, cha, dude the whole doom, entire doom, arena cha. would be fucking shaking from everybody probably stomping their feet and clapping and singing you're, they would you're be onto cracking something the, i like where you're be, going with they'd this they'd be cracking the cement fucking right yeah no that's great number two speaking of a good time entertaining hell of a group of musicians you can't really take him serious, but you cannot fuck with Steel Panther. <laughs> okay. You're taking the modern Motley crew, putting them out with the boys. I I, I liked how you kind of went new school and relevant. I, I was kind of digging deep into some classics. Steel Panther's been around 20 years now. It's kind of a classic to me. Don't send your hate mail. But they're still yes, somewhat... I- don't send your hate mail. Yes, oh, I, I know they've shared the bill and played festivals with Metallica, but they haven't technically toured with them and been their, you know, on the road opening act. Mm-hmm. That needs to happen. That would be fucking amazing. And I would still consider them in the realm of the more modern type of music. Because, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, Skillet's been around since, fuck, the mid to late 90s is when 90s. they started. So, I mean, they've been around for a long time. Yeah, they've mm-hmm. been around for a long time. So, but I would still consider them in that more modern because you think the last decade is when they really blew up. Same with Panther; like they really started getting serious recognition in like the last, you know, eight to ten years. So, yeah, no, Panther would be a great time. I mean, we obviously shared the stage with them, open for them, and they were a party. So fun, so fun, dude! I I love that day. I've replayed that day in my head many times. That was so fun. Yeah, other than uh, the fact I, that I thought I had heat stroke after that show. <laughs> It was only 114 with no breeze. Right. Band number three, you and I picked the same group. 
Mr. Jericho and Fozzie. No way. Yes, sir. Dang. <laughs> now, I think of Fozzie as somewhat of a cover band that has originals that does weird side projects like Kiss covers, like Quarantine. You tie that all together with Jericho and people that know him well with, with a tight live show for 45 to 60 minutes, I think that could be a badass opener. I agree. Um, yeah, Fozzy is definitely, they started off as a cover band and their first record, you know, first two records, I think, were cover records. And then they kind of mm-hmm. grew into their own musically. Uh, Quarantine, I, I want to say CJ is the only one from Fozzy, but obviously it's an extension of Fozzy because he is Fozzy. Um, but oh i mean they that all would, are I don't want that to would it would work though that would work and it would it, people would be digging it mm-hmm. yes it's I not agree. like you'd be watching coc or down or machine head this would be a totally different aspect and people would be like yep jerk opened up for metallica and guess what he fucking he gave it his all it was right up there and let's face it jericho has spent how many decades not just years but decades being in arenas I mean, he's done True. stadiums, that's a, WrestleMania, that's a great 60, 80,000 people. Like, the dude knows how to work a that. crowd like nobody's fucking business. Like, he would be one of the best people to be in the middle of an arena. He would know how to run around the stage and actually utilize Metallica's stage the proper way. Yeah, him him in the round on Metallica's production would, wouldn't would even phase him. He'd just feel like he's at home in the ring. Exactly. He'd know exactly what to do. That's a great point. I never even I never even thought about the stadium arena experience he has. I just think about how he can hold an audience with that type of music. I just sounded like Lars. This isn't that type of music. <laughs> Did he say that to Bob? Uh, si- <laughs> yeah. No Hashtag smiling. Sign the petition for Fozzie. <laughs> I think we're onto something. I'm going to text Jericho tomorrow to let him know that we're onto something. And be like, dude, you need to text Lars and get on this next run with him. Band number four, Jeff, going way back to the 70s, Alice Cooper. Ooh. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. You're going you're gonna to take Alice, bring him out, and have Nita go out there and show Kirk how it's done. And chop some heads off. <laughs> oh, man. Now you crazy stage production even at his age dude still brings the theatrics like no other the theatrics and think of a 45 to 60 minute set list of him everyone would know all those songs in a 60 minute set he's got more hits than you think and it would be just dynamite yeah and the dude can still rock it at fucking what 70 years old hell of a good golfer too I have heard that I've heard that he puts on like charity uh he puts on like charity golf tournaments in Vegas. Probably all celebrities that participate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Number five is so far out in left field. I I thought about this for a long time. I had a couple audibles, a couple honorable mentions, but I cut those out of the mix. And I, I have to go with number five because you have to go back a couple years when they were relevant and all the members were still alive. But I think, I just think this would work somewhere around the Black Album Tour. Are you ready? Are you buckled into your Toyota Corolla ready for a head-on crash? Oh, man. Let's see how this goes. NWA. I like it. I fucking... (laughs) 
I fucking like it. I know that's wow. out there, but I I'm thinking energy, entertainment, and guess what? Everyone would know all the shit from straight out of Compton. This is Any true. metalhead from the 90s up- knows those fucking songs. There's no doubt in my mind. 100%. And you know what? NWA, they were innovators of, of their art and their craft of what they did. Metallica mm-hmm. has always been one to innovate too. And at that mm-hmm. time, you know, nowadays it's not that it's not that weird to put rap and pop and all that together. I mean, look at Lollapalooza. But think about it, in the nineties, if you would have had an arena tour with the biggest metal band and the biggest rap group in the world, it'd be like bad meets evil not good meets evil but bad meets evil type of you know what i mean who's exactly who's the badder motherfucker here oh exactly i wish that would have happened that would have been i think i want to see like a a a fantasized poster uh of the bill have someone make that like yeah we need to like make a a a fake metallica tour poster hey larry (laughs) larry we want lars and easy nwa tour (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I want James. I want James and Ice Cube staring at each other, just face to face. Kirk and Dre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, you got me all excited here. Like this is something that could happen. Obviously, it never would. But man, I'm getting all pumped up over here. Straight out of Frisco. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I really like your list. I think it's really good. And I didn't think, you know, I'm looking at my list and I'm like, fuck, I love all these bands. There's no way Shane's going to top this dude. Just between what you said about queen and, and the way you spun that. And then now NWA, if we were doing an voting for all between our list, I would choose your list. <laughs> well, maybe we should, let's just make that the voting for all for uh, episode one and season eight, episode 99 overall. You Jeff's guys list, heard it. Shane's my list. list of bands. Shane's list of bands. Let the competition begin. So to recap, Queen, Steel Panther, Mr. Jericho with Fozzie, and a little quarantine, Alice Cooper, and a very left field dream of NWA. Oh, man, that's so cool. I love the fact that you went that route. I was just thinking entertainment, 45 to 60 minutes, that gets 18,000 people on their feet, excited, energized, smiling, just just a good old fucking night at the arena. Well, let's just bring them all out and have a festival. <laughs> yeah, we'll just do a festival. Speaking oh, of fun, a good dude. night at the arena, it was fun. Speaking of a good night at the arena, let's face it. Whenever Metallica is in an arena, it's always a good night, especially when you get any one of them guys on the mic. And let's face it. There's been some pretty memorable banters over the years. Amazing. So are you ready to are you ready to reveal what your top five banter moments are? I am. I'm going to go and I'm going to have you close out the show. Too much pressure. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I think you might have me beat on this one because I. What do you call it? I'm pretty vanilla, generic, loyal to the to the classics. I know you've got some hidden gems that I don't know. I I, I actually don't know uh, your list, but I just I have a hunch that you you're a little bit more left field than what my my classic 40 years are you might be surprised to be totally honest but you know what okay i actually think that that if it's a little bit closer than we think it is i think that might be even funnier all right i'm gonna go seattle 89 jason's banter before the thing that should not be 
The big old fat motherfucker. I based my choices based off of energy and what gets mm. a great crowd response. I think when the band comes to a cutoff and then any member is using banter before a song, I like some of James's kind of, you know, we call them like dad jokes these days in the era they're in. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely gotten a little but bit. But I like I like the powerful deliveries with vulgar and the crowd kind of the uh what do you call it? The the call and answer. What the hell do you say? How, what do you say? How do you yep. describe that? Yeah, the the call and response, you know. The, the, I'm sorry. The call and response when that when he gets that going, I, I think that just elevates the beginning of a song even more. So these these five are based off of uh, crowd energy. Okay. A big old fat motherfucker called the thing that should not be. It doesn't get any cooler than that. And before that, he's holding a beer and he's sweating. Yeah, and he goes, "Fucking hot <laughs> one tonight, isn't it?" And he's like, I already feel better than I did last night already. <laughs> it's that kind of yep, shit. He was having a good We're, time. It's genuine. He's sweating all over the mic. We're going to do something now from the Master of Puppets album. Everyone gets all batshit crazy about that. Big old fat motherfucker called the thing that should not be. Just how he says that. And then as he walks away from the mic and the lights dim, just that dun dun. Yep, and it sounds very dark. Oh, it's just evil, but the way he introduces that is so powerful. It's just it's just ballsy. It sure is. It's definitely one of the best iconic. We're gonna play some of the master puppets now that uh, we just started doing a little bit ago. And uh, about the heaviest number known to mankind. It's a big old fat motherfucker called the thing that should not be. Number two, we're still on the same stage in Seattle of 89. How James introduces Injustice for All. The Injustice for All banter. uh, If I was a neighbor, I'd be mighty fucking pissed. Shit. Fuck. Fag. (laughs) Cunt. Slut. Your mama. If I was a neighbor, I'd be mighty fucking pissed off right now. (laughs) And then I just love before the tape starts, he goes, Injustice for All. (laughs) someday i remember we were talking about it one of these days we're gonna we're gonna do that live and just injustice for all (laughs) it's the call the response the it's funny how one guy at a microphone can hold a audience of twenty thousand captive just by being silly with the call and response thing that's when you think about it actually pretty stupid with what he says well, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. If he said it nowadays, being a mid-50s you know, year old man, right. I, I would right. be, I think it's a little cringy. But when right. he's fucking dirty and heavy metal man at the time, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. fucking badass, and I still watch it, and I get excited when I watch it. I'm like, fuck yeah, James. You can't help but be, like, excited and pumped up, and your blood pressure's going, and you're ready to rock out, even though you mm-hmm. and I have heard that yep. 45. 6,000 times. Yeah, but every time you hear it, you still want to yell it with James. Hey, you guys are fucking loud when you want to be, you know that? I figure there's uh, 
Some sleeping neighbors around here. I feel like fucking waking their ass up. How about you? Hey, let's annoy some neighbors, all right? Oh, yeah! Oh, man, we're gonna wake their ass out of bed. Oh, yeah! If I was a neighbor, I'd be mighty fucking pissed off. All right, and justice for all. Number three, the intro to Ain't My Bitch from the Load Tour. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't. T- I know the, they don't um, tell you when you come in here, you can get as loud as you fucking want to. You fucking want to, yep. I got something I like to say. Now I'm feeling fucking feel- great, baby. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. I got something that yep. makes me feel real fucking good. Let's see if we can all get feeling fucking good. We don't give a <laughs> shit. <laughs> now I feel fucking great, yep. baby. <laughs> <laughs> so cheesy, but that response is so powerful. The The whole arena, 20,000 people at once saying, we don't give a shit as it goes into the hi-hat count. So smooth. Yep. And that was a that was a great intro for that song, You know, especially a song called Ain't My Bitch. <laughs> Yeah, and its banter at the time was, you know, you're you're playing a new song off a new record that at the time some people weren't excited about, so you had to pump it up. This is true. If they played Bitch right now, you and I would be like, holy shit, this is amazing. I would freak out if I heard them pull Bitch out. Yeah, be amazing. And we got a shitload of fucking Metallica friends in here tonight. And I know, and I know, I know they don't tell you this shit when you come in here, but... You know already, you can get as loud as you fucking want to in here, right? That's what I thought. And that's what we're gonna fucking do, because I'm feeling all right, but I don't know how you feeling, all right? You want to feel better, don't you? Me too. I got something I like to say, makes me feel better. I think I'll have you repeat it after me and get us all feeling fucking good in here. So follow me, friends. We don't give a shit! Starting to feel a little better. No, no, no. But I said, we don't give a shit! Now I feel fucking great, baby! Number four. Binge and Purge, 93, the intro to the Justice Medley. Just throw it all in a big old pile of shit. <laughs> Singing along, fucking along, doing the something, the fuck along. Who else would come up with that? <laughs> yeah. James would. It was the pile of shit, the fucking along, singing along, dancing along. That It just it just rolls off the tongue smooth, and it, it was just meant to be for a medley. You couldn't have said it any better. Well, and James just had great delivery. It's it's like a comedian, you know what I mean? Yes. When you when you have that delivery and you know how to say it and you know how to get the crowd going and you know what's gonna get people either laughing or screaming or putting their fists up. I mean, he he knew exactly what he was doing. Doing something the fuck along. I close out my top five banter list with a Lars goodbye statement. 
Is it his banter from Montreal? <laughs> no, but that is in our new intro on season eight, episode one. You mean, oh, uh, there was an incident with the pyrotechnics. Um, Do you realize when he's saying that, his like hands always like in the air? Like, his hands always yeah, in the air when he just, talking. He's just waving to everyone. There was an incident with the pyrotechnics, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, Lars, we know you're talking. You can put your hand down now. <laughs> Put your hand down, dude. The mic's on. We got you. The goodbye speech that Lars gives Mexico City is very powerful. It is a good one. Yep. Also, thanks for letting us record the next Metallica Live album. You guys were fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly. He was, you know, he was channeling his inner uh, Tony the Tiger, you know, Frosted Flakes. They're great. That's a good point. That's a great point. He delivers it just like Tony. <laughs> you guys were he totally does. great. See you next year. We'll see you in a couple <laughs> years. See ya. <laughs> there you have yeah, it. See you next year. Mexico City, man. Thanks a lot for putting up with our shit here last week. You guys are fucking great. Also, thanks a lot for letting us record the next Metallica live album here, okay? That's it, motherfuckers. See you in a couple years. See ya. Yeah, five years later. <laughs> right. Dude, that is one hell of a list, and I gotta say, I think we're a little bit closer than you might think. Really? I mean, we you are. think of forty years of banter. Gonna... I didn't. Th- I didn't think we'd have any. Do we have exact uh, ones? Yes. Wow, I two, didn't think we'd have two that. Exact. Two, two exact, two exact same ones. <laughs> Everyone's signing off right now. They're like, we already heard it. Fuck it. Yeah, exactly. It's my first one and my last one. So I'll just jump right into it because now people already know. That, you know, there's not a lot of originality going on here. Um, At number one, the pre-Injustice for All banter, of course. Nice. I had to pick that. That's the great. Might, that might be the greatest banter in Metallica history. Let's oh, face it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Fuck. Great banter, like you said, call and response, gets the crowd going, and it's memorable. So a lot of these are the ones that I think about, you know, basically just the first thing that comes to mind. You know, it's like a movie quote. What's what's the most memorable line that, that you think of? And a lot of them we, we've said before, and there's a reason why we say them and repeat them. It's not because we're not original or because we right. don't know anything else. It's just these are the ones that we find to be the most entertaining. I did realize that it was so, very hard to not think about Seattle and San Diego and Mexico City because a majority are so memorable and iconic from there. It was hard not to think about those thinking about other eras. Well, put it this way, four of my five are from that era. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right, people, if you have other things other than Binge and Purge, please write in and podcastforallgmail.com and share your top five banter moments of the 40 years since Jeff and I are stuck in the early days. <laughs> um, so at number two, this is going to come as no surprise. How many of you seen Metallica somewheres before? Was that a 7-Eleven? Nice. No, no, I'm, talk- I'm talking about a live gig. So, yes, that whole banter, I know I, know I didn't... Uh, 
say it 100% correct, but you guys know I just, you know, 7-Eleven, it's been brought up a bunch of times. It's a great banter. It's memorable. It's funny. And he says somewheres before. I mean, what? Yeah, what the fuck? Who says that? <laughs> That's right. Somewheres before. Um, <laughs> How many of you guys out here seen Metallica somewheres before, man? Was that the 7-Eleven or something? I'm talking about like a fucking live gig. You seen this for, right? All right. Uh, number three, going back to Binge and Purge. Surprise, surprise. We've used this one a bunch before, too, when we've been talking about things. We're going to try something different here. Don't get fucking scared, man. Oh, yes. <laughs> nice work. Nice work. I love that banter. It's just one of those ones that I always, you know, I always go back to it. The don't get fucking scared. That's a great. It's, just, it's funny. It doesn't. That. Obviously, sometimes it's about the the call and the response of the crowd. But for me also, you know, especially being a big movie lover, it's about the quote, you know, just mm-hmm. the fact that he said that it just it, it struck me as funny, you know, and that's why that was one that always stuck out to me. And he kind of said that in a scary voice like, hey, man, don't get fucking scared. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he said it kind of in a goofy voice, but it works. And yeah. any, you know, hardcore nerdy fan like us, we're going to remember those little details. Don't get fucking scared, man. Great pick. Um, That's a great number pick. Four, number four, coming from the same concert. What? What the fuck is he doing up here? <laughs> we're going Lars. The whole banter of it's oh. not just even one specific line, but the, the whole banter solo. of the drum solo. Because what's great, and I, and this is why I think it really stands out to me. Lars, especially nowadays, Lars is the nicest guy ever. You know what I mean? He he's always all about the fans. But in a quick moment, even though it's a joke, for a quick moment, you get to see him kind of be a heel to the crowd. They all right. start cheering. He goes, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> he's yelling at the crowd. He fucking right. he moons them. You know, <laughs> it's just there are some really great quotes in that whole entire you know that whole entire speech. That he, you, know, you want to go down to pure platinum? That is that's a great so, point. That whole thing is absolutely gold material. Yeah, it's probably. I would argue that as far as banter goes in Metallica's history, sorry, James, but that I think Lars might take the cake for that for best banter ever. Shut the fuck up. I'm the fucking drummer around here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and, and like I said, that's kind of like his heel moment. Cause when would you ever hear Lars actually tell the crowd to shut the fuck up? You know what I mean? But he's having a and, good time. He's playing into it. They're getting in. And how many drummers actually even say anything to the crowd? None. Exactly. And he's running out there with this microphone. I mean, he's being a showman himself. And that's, you know, people can say whatever they want about his drumming ability, but God damn, the guy knows how to put on a show. Three-year-old son. <laughs> I don't even have a son. And <laughs> <laughs> never gets old. Drummer 
think James can keep up with me, huh? My three-year-old son could do that, and I don't even have a son. Look at this shit, Metallica turned into a circus actor. Anybody else want to try this shit? Next time I'll bring another 14,000 drum kits, huh? <laughs> number five, uh, you and I, we got a tie, and it's your number one. A big old fat motherfucker called. Nice. I had a hunch. Because I agree with you. That close to that, but you can't fuck with that. It's so powerful. It's so direct. It's it's one of the best moments. And, you know, I love the fact that Kirk gets absolutely no mention in here. It's just James, Lars, and Jason. <laughs> Sorry, Kirk. You don't talk very much. And if you did, it would be weak because it's just Kirk's just too nice and he's not powerful and direct on the mic. Here we go. Here's Kirk's. You're living a liar. <laughs> Or Montreal, thanks for being so patient. Thanks for being so patient. Thanks a lot. I do, you know, because, of course, you know me, I have to bend the rules. And, you know, as we talked Ooh, in the beginning of the honorable episode, mention. you know, grading on, the, grading on the curve, you know. So, yes, the honorable mention, because this okay. one almost made it in there. It's it's not necessarily a great banter, but I'm, you know, for me, again, I was thinking memorable for myself. And that's. This one's going to kill all the fake people out there. All the posers. Oh, yes. Yes. That's a great honorable, dude. Great, great banter before No Remorse. Absolutely love it. I've been thinking about it my whole life. I always think about that for all the fake people. That's a great. <laughs> Just, I love the way he says that. <laughs> and it's like, again, like you say, cheesy when you think about it, but it's just, I don't know. There's something about it. Maybe it's just because they're legendary, but Absolutely love that banter. That'd be like, if you quizzed me, like, what's your favorite Cliff Amal banter? It'd probably be that because in those days, James wasn't that kind of what I call character yet in that mode of being that direct in that audience driven. No, he wasn't. And there was very few, well, I shouldn't say very few, but there was limited moments where James actually interacted, where he was talking to the crowd. You know, let right. me hear you say, fuck no, James. <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Right. So, and I, obviously that's where that was born. You know, that kind of call and response. You could tell he was trying to dabble into it, you know, dip his toes in the trying. water a little bit, but it wasn't right. until. Yep, exactly. But it wasn't. I don't feel like it was really until the justice tour that he really broke out of his shell. Cause even the videos you see from ride and puppets, like he's, he has a little bit of banter here and there, but it's nothing. It's they went up, they played their show in the clothes they were wearing before they went out on onto the floor in the clothes they were wearing on stage. Like they were still, right. you know, just these grungy metal dudes, you know, it wasn't really necessarily about putting on this arena rock show yet. And I feel like justice is really where he kind of broke out of his shell and really started pushing the boundaries of not only what he could say, but how he could get the crowd to interact with him. Very, very well said. Couldn't have said it better myself. You're not whipping out, are you? Let's hear you say, fuck no, James. All right. This one is going to kill all the fake people out there, all the posers. We fucking hate that. I'm not supposed to say fuck. Now that you brought up the Cliff Mall era, I have an honorable mention. Are you ready to yes. get your teeth pulled? <laughs> yes. I love it. He says it's so calm and innocent. And then he, I, I think, <laughs> yes. 
correct me if I'm wrong, after he says, are you ready to get your teeth pulled? He says it twice. And then he actually looks over at Cliff and he goes, are you going to do it, Cliff? <laughs> yeah. Right in, waiting for him to start pulling teeth. Yeah. It's just so innocent <laughs> and they're like trying to – it's even hard to describe what they're even trying to do for a vibe, but it was like, wow. Is that but you can tell it's juvenile? like they're, they're – so innocent. Exactly, and you can tell he's trying to form something there. Like something's right. there. The fire is kind of, you know, it's starting to build. He's trying to see, hey, what what works, what doesn't, and you know, sometimes those those moments of, I don't know, uh, trial and error for for lack of better terms. Oh sure, you know, it brings out some of it brings out some of the best moments. You know what I mean? Because he wasn't sure. necessarily trying to be this person, but he was just seeing what he could do with what he already had. See, our lists were different. No, <laughs> our lists were a little different. A little, a little different. different, but I, you and I have the 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 top ten memories. Though you can't fuck with the classic eighty seven <laughs> no, to ninety four type shit. Couple load things in there, but that's it. Like I said earlier, I'm glad he doesn't speak that way now because I think it would be a little goofy. But for the time, it, it was it was you know monumental for them sure. as. For, for their history, I mean, like I said, you can quote James and Lars from just Binge and Purge like you can a fucking movie. Yeah, and then some. Yeah, it'd be weird these days to hear James go, bet you had some hot beers out in the car, huh? <laughs> People would be like, uh, n- no, we paid $35 for our beer at the stand, thanks. <laughs> but we got a Minnesota Timberwolves collector cup. <laughs> yeah, it only cost us an extra forty two ninety five. Uh, James, you weren't drinking beers in the car. You just arrived on your private jet two hours ago. Yeah, you have air conditioning on stage. No one feels bad for you. <laughs> yeah, it must be rough. Dude, long way to the top. Our top banter of 40 years. This is a hell of a list. This is a hell of a list. And we're going to vote on Shane's list versus Jeff's list. It's going to be a great turnout and voting for all. Polls open early Thursday morning, close in late Thursday night with the results on Friday. <laughs> You and I are just good at making lists. We, we can you be a professional list guy? Is that a, is that a thing? You know, it's crazy that you said that cuz I thought about it briefly like it'd be interesting to start a podcast that was strictly list based. Like a top 5 for anything. It could be literally anything. Your top 5 favorite foods, your top 5 favorite movies, whatever it is and just do a list based podcast cuz there's so many Sure. Variables out there and write in and podcasts for all at gmail.com and send us your list of favorite banters. Send us your list of top five bands that that haven't got the opportunity to open. You know, we want to hear that stuff. Shane's top five restaurants Fogo de Chao, Chipotle, Sonic, Chipotle. Culver's, and Burger King. Sonic. <laughs> what <laughs> Sonic is in there? Dude, it's all about the cherry limeade. Oh, you don't get the ocean water and a fucking some mac and cheese bites? Nope. Cherry limeade, bro. It's all about Sonic's more kind of like dropping in for a little snack like at 430 in the afternoon. You going in for a chili cheese dog? I've never been a chili cheese dog fan. But now that we have the the list thing on the back of our head, Jeff's top five fast food restaurants right now and go. White Castle's number one for sure. Gross. Um, 
Disgusting. What? Absolutely terrible. And you and you put Sonic on there. Easy. Absolutely Easy. terrible. Speaking of your green getting ready to puke emoji <laughs> face, that's fucking White Castle in my book, dude. You know what? I'm not even going to list my top five. I'm just going to leave it at White Castle. And that's no, just where we're you leave can't. It tonight. That's disgusting. I'm going to go to bed with like gut rot. You're going to go to bed with the taste of steamed burgers and onions in your mouth. It's terrible. Mini burgers. Why pay full price for a burger that's the size of my thumbnail with shitty cheese and an onion in it? And 30 minutes later, I'm in. I'm on the toilet at Bucky's. Dude, I've never had the runs from from Taco Bell or White Castle. I've had so much T-Bell in my life. My body's just used to it. And there's no effect. Just like Chipotle. Hey, Pizzle, because I know you're listening. Why don't you write in an email hey, telling hey, hey. our listeners what Subway does to you? Subway can be brutal. I've had so much T-Bell and Chipotle in my life that I it doesn't even phase me. Some people eat at T-Bell and Chipotle and they're like, oh, I'm going to be in trouble in 30 minutes. I'm like, dude, I can go through the whole day and I don't even think about it. I can eat pretty much anything and not have to worry about it. Okay, not top fast, not not fast food. Top five restaurants. You got to give us five. It, five. They don't have to be in order. Well, Just give I mean, me five. Top them, five. And don't say Frank's Noodle House in Portland. I won't. I'll still keep White Castle in there. I'm also gonna say, <laughs> I'm gonna say Adelita's. It's a authentic Mexican restaurant that is in Northeast Minneapolis by my parents' house. Okay. Absolutely amazing. Boy, I I don't know what sushi place I'd pick. Oh, uh, let's just say uh, like Osaka off the top of my head, just because that's you know I like hibachi and Asian food. Okay. Um, any kind of steakhouse. I mean, I wanna I wanna pick you know some kind of boutique you know Pittsburgh blue type of place, but you know everyone knows Texas Roadhouse, so I'll say that because I love steak. That's and, up there. Uh, let's see what else. You can't go wrong with steak, right? And Never. I mean, Fogo you did say Chow. Fogo. I was just going to say, you did say Fogo, so I feel like I got to throw Fogo in there somewhere. I, I like so everything, solid, though. Dude. It's really hard to it's hard to pick, you know, just like my musical taste, you know, listening to death metal and Luke Bryan in the same playlist. Uh, you know, that's kind of how my food is. True. I like it. We went from banter so to go. opening acts to fucking food. All in one episode. Episode 99 of a podcast for all. I mean, we cover it all. What, what more do you want? I don't know. I think if we keep going, people are going to get fucking scared. Maybe we should start another podcast just called You Just Made the List. Might have to pay Chris Jericho for that because he had this thing called The List when he was in the WWE, and that was like his his catchphrase. Anytime someone pissed him off, he'd go, you know what? You just made the list. And he'd write their name on a list, and he'd come out, and he'd always have a list in his hand. Good point, but when our petition gets Fozzie on the road with Metallica, thanks to Shane and Jeff, I think he'll overlook that and let us use that line. Do you think maybe he'll be a co-host with us? A threesome on APFA. Mr. Jericho, you have talk as Jericho. We have APFA. Let's combine forces for you just made the list. It'll be a top five list, a different topic every single week. The, The listeners would go through the roof. They'd probably write a lot of hate mail because they wouldn't like what I'd have to say about some of my lists. (laughs) that's just living in 2022 jeff you're not going to please everyone i i never do it's okay (laughs) it's okay it's been hell of an episode dude (laughs) episode 99 100 just around the corner i it's it's hard to believe but gonna be fun next week
Oh man, did I mention to everyone that I'm retiring at 99? I I, I got to retire right before the milestone. Sorry, it's been nice talking to you guys. Just like Y2K, 99 <laughs> going into double zero, everything just goes to shit at midnight. Jeff's out. I'm out. Riverside crashes. Um, the Atfa Gmail account done, finished. The computers they crashed, man. After 99 episodes and all of our special guests on the show. If you did leave tomorrow, who would you want to replace you that we've talked to? I'm putting you on the spot a lot I mean, tonight. I think the uh, I think the obvious choice, and the, the, don't take this away from any guests that we've had. I've loved literally every single one of them. I've had a great time talking to them. But let's face it, we all know who my replacement would be. It would be Mr. Bob O'Rourke is who I would choose <laughs> to replace me. The Bob signal comes sweeping in on episode 100. I didn't think you were going to say that. <laughs> Bob is who I would choose to replace me. I think he'd be a good host. Oh, I'd call up Phil and just be like, dude, every week you better have a new sweater. You got this. Hey, I would love to have Phil replace me, but, you know, that sweater business, that's why I'm leaving is to start the business with Phil. And the post-it notes. Post-its, exactly. Phil's post-its. It's been great, man. Season 8, episode 1. We even have a new intro. That's the sign of getting ready to turn to triple digits. Anything else you want to add before I... uh See you next week. No, I got to get up in the morning. I've got some plane to catch. By the time people hear this, we've already rocked Destin and and then some. Yep. We'll talk about it next week. And then some. I can't wait. I'll see you in the morning. We will see you next week for one hundo over and out. See you, dude. See ya.